A Shot of Wrestling, episode 445, and away we go. I keep busting freestyles and stone cold stutting and hitting the attitude adjustment. Brothers of destruction, undertaker chain, sit in the fire or get pooed like Roman brain. Get the dude love and you got my back. Man, you're so kind and hit that cactus jack and patty gag the face that runs the place now. So phenomenal when I'm breaking the walls down. You're about to get hit. We going off the script. If you don't submit, you get hit with the super kick. We talk at WWE. It's a shot of wrestling with Green Man and MJP. Happy Holidays! This is a shot of wrestling, and we are coming pre-recorded from Omega Studios. Ho, ho, ho is right, Michael J. I'm the green man, and along with me each and every week, the man who has been training all year long for an ugly sweater party, he is your host, Michael J. Putty. Three years in a row, most original, son. Hell yeah, yeah. training's paying off. Yeah. You've been wearing an ugly sweater every single time I've seen you, and then finally, it's paid off. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, not that's, not <laughs> that's not funny. It's our holiday edition. I mean, yeah. we didn't set up the the trees like Monday Night Raw and SmackDown did because then obviously someone would have to go through them. But um, and someone forgot my present. But we're we're that, giving that, gifts what? though. Yeah. We're giving gifts. The gifts of the Green Man. I feel like the Three Kings. Yeah, return receipt. Like Three Kings. Yeah, return receipt. <laughs> I'm probably gonna return. You, you don't know. You don't know my gifts. <laughs> Sure, I do. I'm a good gift giver. I'm a great gift giver. Okay. And I put a lot of thought in it. Like, for example, you're going to love the gift that the green man has for you. You're going to just love him. Him? Well, we already know one of our gifts, which is a lot of people, if you're tuning into us, we are going to be bringing to you later on in our show Indigo Child in an exclusive interview, the indie sensation Indigo Child. Prepared to be enlightened. How many people listening do you think know who this guy is? Plenty. Yeah? Plenty. If you followed him from his earlier career yeah, as Deranged or Special K, there's plenty of stories that uh, I'm, I'm sure you've I heard. I got into Special K. No? I like Frosted Flakes. What's on the dock? Let's move on. But there is a lot of wrestling to get to. Um, it started off this past week with Roadblock. Yeah, that's true. What a great show. Okay. The kickoff match started with Rusev defeating Big Cass oh, via wait. countout. No more Christmas music? That sucks. No, that's it. We're getting back into it. We don't talk about the fucking kickoff show. Oh. Uh, then we go to the big show. The big show? The- <laughs> I missed that. I miss him? <laughs> he wasn't in it. But the Raw WWE Tag Team Championships are on the line as Cesaro and Sheamus fake the tag to defeat the New Day and become the new Raw Tag Team Champions. How long was that match? Um, it didn't matter, oh, right. you know, because it, it was all about the finishes and that fake tag. I thought it was a pretty creative way to end that match. Okay. Yeah. We followed up with Semi Lame, who survived 10 minutes with Frosty. this match. How was it? With Frosty the Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did? See what I did? Uh, I missed it too. I kind of fast forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next match after that with Kevin Owens' distraction. Seth Rollins defeated Chris Jericho. The WWE Cruiserweight Championship Triple Threat Match ended with Rich Swan defeating TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick. Who? 
the Brian Kentrick. There you go. Now, the very interesting thing in this match is Neville returned to the WWE and attacks Swan and Perkins after the match. Did you like that? We'll wait to Raw. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll your thoughts. We'll wait to Raw. <laughs> in a match that could have easily closed the show, a 30-minute Iron Man match for the Raw Women's Championship, we saw Charlotte Flair defeat Sasha Banks, the champion, in a sudden death overtime to become the new Raw Women's Champion. Shocker. Did you did you expect that? There was two scenarios that played out. Either she wins or she loses. Oh, you're creative. Wow, what the fuck? That <laughs> oh, fuck you. I'm going to keep my mouth shut then. WWE Universal Championship was on the line. When When Kevin Owens, the champion, defeated US champion Roman Reigns via an intentional code breaker from Jericho on Owens to disqualify Owens and have him retain the WWE Universal title. A lot, a lot, a lot of nice endings to to Roadblock. Oh, yeah, it was great. I thought it, I thought it was great. Stunning Night Raw, it? you mean? Yeah, it was fucking fantastic. You didn't like it? No. Michael hates is coming out early in this show. What's going on? Yeah, it's fucking boring. Sunday, 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 Roadblock. There has to be someone who likes this show. You know what? I doubt it. It is time for one of my first gifts. Then <sighs> it's time. Okay. All right. Yeah. Are you ready? Ready to chat it up, man? No. Not about Roadblock. Roadblock was great. Maybe I could find someone else. Maybe a first-hand encounter who was there, who probably lived in the moment, could give us a little bit better perspective. Oh, all right. You know? Let, let's see if I could find one. Doubt it. As I present to you my first gift of the green man, Carlos Fabio Guerra. Are you there, my man? Yo, yo. What's happening? You're going live right now. This is you. You Pretty were tense. at Roadblock. Give give us give us your background. Did you enjoy it, or do you agree with Michael J. Putty that it sucked? I didn't say it sucked. Uh, <laughs> I, to be honest, I honestly think the card sucked. It was a it was a bit of a drag to be honest. Yeah, and the oh. pussy being there live. Thanks, buddy. That, Call in any time. That is not how I expected this to go. So tell tell us, you know, for first hand scenario, you were there. I mean, you saw all the great matches. You, you went live for a moment. You you, you saw uh, Charlotte and Sasha. I was looking at through your feed before I saw it at the network. Yeah, honestly, the match went pretty good. I, I enjoyed that match. The thing it was is just that the Pittsburgh crowd wasn't really into it. That's why it felt like it seemed so dry. Yeah, crowd sucked. Um, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you're part um, of the crowd, so so what did you do? I mean, I, I honestly, I, I had a feeling that Charlotte was going to win. I figured, let me just cheer for her. Um, the match was pretty good. The girls try to do their best of, you know, try and get to entertain the crowd and make it, a, you know, entertaining um, as possible. But it seems like everyone was so burnt out. They were so tired of it. And they were, I guess mostly there were a bunch of Sasha fans in the crowd mostly. But I honestly thought it, it, it was a good match. And CFG, you had one of the best seats in the house. I mean, what was row number, seat number? Where were you at? Um, actually, I was in row two, seat eleven and twelve. 
Um, luckily enough, uh, and this is when you guys will probably be surprised, nearly only three quarters of the building were sold out. Wow. And, yeah, on, on the camera side, they pretty much black tarped the entire empty arena and they pushed everyone over. So, hmm. um, that, that was a surprise. So, luckily, unfortunately enough for me, um, the first row had like four seats open and they weren't both the ticket master. Holy oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, ori- originally my my seat that I gotten was supposed to be on the right side of the ramp, but fortunately enough, uh, when I looked on Ticketmaster, there were a couple of seats open in front of floor one, or as they would put it, in front of the camera, you know, right. to be on the TV. So I called on Ticketmaster and uh, got my my seat with out. So lucky enough for me, I was right there in front. That was amazing, and there you you had a lot of participation in this show. Um, you probably got one of the biggest reactions from Chris Jericho, right? Tell, yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about, about that. What, what happened? So, uh, so, so behind the scenes story, um, when I knew I was going to Roblox and my seat got upgraded, I figured, all right, let me just make an impact on TV. Have a couple of friends of mine or whatever. So, fuck it, let me just go out. So, of course, you know, usually you see fans have like a, like a Bailey section, like a Huggable section or a Cesaro section. I figured, let me do the anti of that and make a funny reaction out of that. Nice. So, recently, of course, past some weeks, Chris Jericho has been having the, the best reaction I've ever had along with Owens on Raw. And That's I figured... Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nah, sorry. Team Smackdown, bro. Team <laughs> Smackdown. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, so, what happened was I figured, let me just write... A stupid idiot on a poster with a face on it, mm. and let me just give it to the entire section that I was in. So I did that. It was like one in, one p.m. in the afternoon. Printed about like sixty of these, and I gave it out to the entire section, and they were made by it. But I don't know if you guys check this out. Whoever's listening, um, we got such a reaction that WWE had to make a gif a gif out of it. And they tweeted on their website along during that segment. Wow. But also, if you check out the hashtag Stupid Idiot, there was a lot of other reactions from people when they were checking out Roblox. And it, yeah, it has such a, such a reaction that even Chris Jericho not only acknowledged it on live, but he retweeted it the next day. Oh, wow. So awesome. that, that, that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was fantastic. Uh, I guess, you know, 15 seconds of fame or whatever you want to put it. But yeah, yeah, I, I really wanted to, to give a little bit something of old school, like, you know, that WWE sign guy with a bit of, you know, like of an anti twist of a Cesaro section instead of cheering for someone, you know, it's bash at someone. So it, it, the timing was perfect on it. Except for the people you gave the signs to, nobody knows you started that. You okay with that? Yeah, uh, n- nobody knew that. I guess whoever is watching it, but that section, I try to get everyone motivated and into the match. So, right. yeah. <laughs> now, did you just you go around handing signs? Because some of the, those signs went straight through, like the ramp. People were holding the signs by the ramp, or did you just pass them down to your neighbor and you're like, pass these shits down? Uh, at the beginning of the show, I, the mm. people who arrived there early, I'm like, hey, I just got a Chris Jericho sign, would you mind holding it up? They're like, fuck yeah. Nice. Um, they would, they would totally That's a lot of work, it. kid. That's a lot of work. 
Yeah, man. Awesome. Uh, yeah, just passing out throw the row, and people weren't expecting it, so uh, it, it was it was worth it. Awesome. Um, I've also done a. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys noticed during the Kevin Owens versus uh, Roman Reigns match uh, when Kevin came out, there were a couple of fight Owens fights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As well too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, there was that was out as well too. But uh, unfortunately, there was a couple of Roman Reigns fans and still out there. So. Uh, Sorry, we, we still come We still exist. It's all good. Leave that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh man, it, it was it was really nice to see you there. I'm glad you you were able to come and share your story with us here. Uh, you know, you mentioned the sign guy. There's always there. You sat a few seats down from the guy with the green shirt and the smiley face. Smiley first green, green shirt guy. Abel's arch nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you know the green man other like big fanatics uh mets fan yeah. guy vacant and you know we're <laughs> we're always wondering you know when you're making it to an event where you're ringside and you don't live in pittsburgh you you're you're putting up hotel accommodations like you know big wrestlemania weekends you spend a lot of money so how much was it how much was this whole weekend bundled up together we have to answer that question um Let's see, uh, 558 for ringside seats, uh, you about doing? 50 bucks on Easy Pass Poles. How you doing? Uh, 200 bucks on food. How you doing? Damn. Damn. Uh, making fun of Top Scotty and Chris <laughs> Jericho live on WWE Network. Priceless. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Wow. Well, thanks thanks for chatting in. You're welcome to come back anytime. Especially uh, Michael J. Putty loves you since you're a, a SmackDown team guy. All right, Abel, thanks for joining us. Me and Carlos are going to continue the Pretty show. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Thank you for being one of the gifts of the green man and for chatting up, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Much appreciated, brother. Well, that was fun. That, that, that was a gift I, would, I don't mind getting. That was a, a great gift. Smackdown guy didn't like Roadblock. That's my man right there. Well, anywho, Green Man is on his way to the bar. So while he is en route, let's let's do a little education. Words of wrestling. Heel turn. When a person completely and sudden and often shockingly goes from good to evil. The term comes from professional wrestling to refer when a face or a good guy turned his back on the fans and became a bad guy or heel. Now that we know the meaning of the word, you can play along to this week's drinking game and take a shot. Every time we say the word, the heel turn. I doubt we say that often, but whatever. Green Man should be at the bar by now, but uh, I kind of don't want to turn his mic on. Let's do the show by myself, folks. Right, folks? No, we can't do that. Uh, there they hombre. Are you? Are you there, buddy? Are you there, buddy? Hey, Johnny, what's going on, man? How you guys doing, man? Hey, no. Oh wait, you oh. there? Michael J. Yeah, what's up? What's How you been? up, pal? What's up? Not bad. I'm behind the bar here. Uh, I can hear that. Who the fuck are you talking to? Uh, Johnny. Johnny's in the bar. Oh, okay. Uh, he wants to catch some drinks after we finish the show, so uh, do some shots. Be heard search fucking off. Some more shots of wrestling, you know. I got Christmas shopping to do. <laughs> well, this is very special. This is gift number two of the gifts 
of the green man. And this is a very guarded recipe that I'm going to share with you right now because it's the Shining Stars Coquito. Now, a Coquito is a coconut-based alcoholic drink which is traditionally served in Puerto Rico, which will but, you know, be why it's the Shining Stars Coquito. I never had Coquito. Yeah, you're going to love this. Now, the drink is commonly associated with Christmas, New Year's, um, New Year's where yeah. it's traditionally served. So, eggnog I thought, Christmas. what better, better place? But it's like the Puerto Rican version of eggnog. So much more delicious. Most Puerto Ricans are. <laughs> John, J- Johnny's going to pass me a drink right here. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me do this coquito first. All right, so here is what you need. You need a half a bottle of white rum. I prefer Bacardi Superior. Delicious. Um, 12 ounce of evaporated milk. Are you lactose intolerant? Yes. Oh, Only sorry. ice cream, though. Sorry about that. Um, it's like soy milk. <laughs> 14. It evaporates, right? No, you, you need the evaporated milk. Uh, 14 ounces of uh, cream of coconut. 14 ounces of sweetened condensed milk. Now, these are all just one cans. Uh, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, and three teaspoons of shaved coconuts. Somebody say That's three teaspoons? My secret recipe. Three. Not teaspoons a secret anymore, eh? Shaved coconut. That's what gives it that you know, sequa. Now, what we're going to do is you're going to mix all the ingredients in the blender until it's mixed nice and well. And these measurements should make about uh, seven and a half cups. And now, if you hang out with the green man's family we usually are a little heavy-handed respect with the yeah respect with the barcardi superior so that uh that half a bottle usually is like three quarters of a bottle it tasted a lot better now with the magic of podcasts i sent one over your way let me know what you think about it it's under the under the desk right here yep oh did you drop it that's what you asked <laughs> <coughs> that, that's that kick. Let me get some better dancing moves now, huh? Not bad, not bad at all. Not bad. I want to finish this. All right. Well, got the rest of the show, so why don't I start making my way back? Johnny says hello, no, no, by the no, way. Take your time. Take, I'll go Carlos back. Take your time. <laughs> I'll see you in a moment. All right. I'll be here. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. Thank you, Larry Legend. Let's start off with Conor McGregor. (laughs) I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, okay. Here. Thank you for interrupting me. Hello, hello. You're a little late. I made it. I made it. The the bar's not that far away. Uh, Did we get to in the news? Did I make it? Yeah. Is it my my turn? Fox Sports recently posted a conversation with UFC light heavyweight champion Conor McGregor and his claims that he has received job offers from not only the WWE, but also boxing promotions and even Hollywood. Wow. He says, and I quote, I've got these, those professional wrestling guys trying to contact me as well. I've got Hollywood trying to contact me as well. I've got so many options. End quote. WWE COO Triple H. Has been open in recent interviews about his interest in courting the UFC fighter. Time will tell, though, if a deal can be reached between both sides. I don't care to see this guy in here. So, really, I don't, I don't care. Too cocky. 
Did you did you care to see uh, Money Mayweather against the Big Show at uh, WrestleMania? No, it happened though. All right. Yeah, I thought that was a great match though. I think they could definitely do something great with uh, Connor. No, he's too cocky. I don't think he would. He's, he's, he's a perfect heel. Oh, no. Well, um, Sports Illustrated caught up with Ray Mysterio, who is currently working with the Lucha Underground. Oh shit! For music. Look at Chuck you. But you were late, Dick. Sorry, I, 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 I screwed you up. No, it is. Sports Illustrated caught up with Ray Mysterio, who is currently working with the Lucha Underground and has but your shit, right? this to say about a return to the WWE. You never say never, but I'm very, very comfortable in the positioning I'm with with Lucha Underground. I love their schedule. I love their style. I love... I love he just loves everything. I love what they have to offer. I don't think that there will be ever another company that has what lucha underground has it's very unique exciting and fresh this is really something new great other news people.com release details from china's autopsy report that confirmed that she had several prescription drugs in her system when she died in her apartment back in april 2016 according to the autopsy report and i quote Walder had ingested painkillers. <clears throat> Here we go. Oxycodone and oxymorphone, hmm. as well as Valium, Norzadice, Pam. Spell it out. Good Sound one. it out. Sound it out. Much relaxing. <laughs> and Tempizepam. Ooh, not bad. No. Sleeping aid. Okay. She had mixed the drugs with alcohol, which caused a synergenic effect resulting in severe. CNS depression. I thought about leaving this part out, but I guess we had to report it. No, you have to. It's part of the news. Right, here we go. Go ahead. Sorry. The magazine reports goes on saying that multiple bottles of prescription medication were found around her apartment at the time of her death, and her body was found with bloody purge and foam coming out of her nose and mouth. And this goes to oh, very graphic, bro. You told me to put it in. Yeah. In other news. Well, friend of mine, this is this is good news, and I wish, you know, CM Punk, if you're listening to me, you know, you could give me a call to clean out your your lockers. He's not listening. Okay, give me a call. But a friend of CM Punk, who's not the Green Man, named Cliff Cam- Compton. That's a fake name. Yeah. But he was a former WWE Hot name. No, he was fake a former name. WWE wrestler. Um, he tweeted out. That he found an actual authentic WWE championship belt in Punk's storage locker. And the former champ told him he could have the belt. So he took it. Yeah, he posted the, he tweeted the picture too. I'm like, we can do it. Well, I, I mean, I get I totally, when I saw it, I'm like, I totally get it. I'm like, CM Punk's moved on. He's doing other things. It's part of his past. What is he going to do with a belt? That What's Rock cool. do with it? He fucking puts it in a trophy case. I, I, I would probably wear it to WrestleManias. That's what I would do. Going this year. Well, in other news, it is. It has been said that WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon is actually, believe it or not, a fan of the self-proclaimed legit boss Sasha Banks, mm. which is why she's never held a lengthy title reign. So he's not a fan. Not. Yeah, we talked about it before. He's not a a fan. 
There was talks of having a program between Sasha and Bailey in the coming months with Sasha working as the heel woman's champion. But McMahon reportedly feels that Charlotte is better at being a heel than Sasha. Nah. Obviously. Nah, bro. You know what happened? And Bailey. And that Bailey is more over as a babyface than Sasha. So the decision was made to start a Bailey Charlotte feud. So they're holding off nah. on the Sasha Banks heel turn. Not player. This is what happened. Vinny don't, Mac. Don't, 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 don't do that. Well, let me tell you this. Talk, this this is what happened. This is what happened. My dude, this is what happened. Uh, Vinny Mac was chilling back, listening to A Shot of Wrestling, episode 44, when we were talking about Nia Jax. And, you know, she should be inserted into this title picture. Damn right. And she did it. We're watching Roblox, by the way. Go ahead. Go go ahead. ahead. I know you want to. Go say it. I didn't even notice this, but we're now watching your boy Carlos and his stupid idiot section. Stupid idiot section. I'm sorry. Too many shots of wrestling. Yes. Yeah. And he got over. Yeah. And he fucking noticed. And uh, oh, yeah. And then we got him on our show. This is what we do. We, We report the news. We get all the information because this show is from the fans and to the fans. So we got to bring the fans on here, too. But uh, as I was saying, Nia Jax. Nia Jax. No problem with Nia Jax. Sasha Banks. Somebody great storyline coming up. I like it. Jonathan gave us, turned me on to some guy on Facebook who does good wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. But he totally takes a shit on Nia Jax, how fat she is, how much she eats. She's a like, beautiful woman. Yeah, she's a little fucking curvier, but you got to be a real man to appreciate that. So fuck you, that guy. I do her. Would you really, though? Like oh, a, yeah, she's beautiful. You woman. like a more petite though. She's a beautiful woman. Too much woman for you though. Uh definitely too much woman. <laughs> she 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 would break me, me in half. Not for me though. Nope. Another news? Another news. Oh, that's <laughs> well, Mark Hunt gave the following statement to MMAfighting.com. And I quote After oh, the No, no, that's your that's your <laughs> line. And it's not even appropriate right now. Because <laughs> after the news recently broke that Lesnar has been suspended from USC for one year and fine. A quarter of a million dollars after failing a drug test around the time of his fight with Hunt. He said, and Abel's going to quote, it's not harsh enough considering he gets the same punishment as John Jones and Jones didn't fight. Would that penalty have sufficed if I had died or been maimed? Interesting question. End quote. Hunt previously said that he wants competition, a compensation for what happened and changes to be made. If the UFC does not comply, he wants to be released from his contract. We talked about that earlier on in a previous episode, but now he's making an official statement. I mean, you, you can't blame him. It's kind of crybaby-ish, but it's not, it's not, now he has a point. It's, well, not, it's drug, a great point that he's raising. The drugs, you know? he, the drugs he was flagged on did not work performance-enhancing drugs, but who cares? It's like he's smoking weed and going to go, you know, yeah. wrestle or something, you know? The now performance enhancing. I got it. In other news. Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Stone Cold! There it is. Stone Cold! Revealed on his most recent podcast. If you listen to the podcast, he should be number two, besides us. Great podcast. <laughs> that the inspiration behind the smoking skull oh, belt was. I love it when you bring cool information like this. Go ahead. Ahead. That's my Go job. On. Yeah. Let's say the Road Warriors. Really? And I quote, yeah, the prior... Tell him, Hawk! Well... No, I can't do that. That's your thing. Tell him, Green Man. Well... You do much better than I do. 
He says, and I quote, yeah, the prior belt I didn't like. The idea for the smoking skull belt was actually the Road Warriors and the Hawk. They called me over and said, hey, Steve. Austin. You know, you're Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Hell fucking yeah. You ought to have your own belt. Hell yeah. That was the Road Warriors idea, and I gave them full credit for it. Then he goes on. This is just my, like, I like stupid random facts, and this is what I'm going to go on to talk about. He goes on to say that Jim Ross coming up with his nicknames. Like what? He always had nicknames. As far as Jim Ross calling me all those cool nicknames he called me, that was just him being the best commentator in the history of pro wrestling. He made all that stuff up on the fly. Here we go. Hell, they came up with the name for the Stone Cold Stunner. I didn't... Really? I didn't even like it at first. Actually, it kind of worked. And boy, did it have a ring to it. I'm eternally indebted for him, for his commentary, and him helping getting the Stone Cold persona over the way he did and I have to agree what was it for Jim Ross I don't know how well this thing would have gotten over you know I stopping in a mud hole I prayed <laughs> walking it dry yeah beating him like a government mule Texas Rattlesnake Texas Rattlesnake that was a good yeah. one um, you know I wonder now if you, we were to watch the Stone Cold era with Corey Graves what kind of commentary would we get then huh better or worse Corey, Corey Graves is pretty good I like Corey. Uh, I totally compliment his work, and I th- totally think he brings one of. The, he definitely is one. He's the Miz of Monday Night Raw. I think I mentioned. Uh, I don't think it was on the show, but I like I saw him in NXT randomly. Okay, I like what he brought to the table, and uh, I was surprised he went to create the Raw. I think we talked about that. Yeah, he's delivering. Uh, him and Byron Saxon, they they got a good chemistry going. Yeah, they they I, I they like feel that. like they each know their role finally, and um, Michael Cole is taking a step back, and they're he's letting him do that. Speaking of, nothing news. Well, <clears throat> Michael Cole Magal recently did an interview with ESPN where he gave his thoughts on the current three-man announced team format. I can just be an unbiased play-by-play guy, he said, and let Corey have his views and Byron have his views. And they can go back and forth and debate and argue with each other while I can just do what I do. Which is call the match and tell the stories. I've noticed that too. It's always a lot of that worked out perfect. Corey Graves <laughs> and Byron Sexton. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. Yeah. In other news, <sighs> well, my man, since day one, Zach Ryder provided an injury update oh. and noted on Twitter hmm. he'll be out of action for several months. He tweeted that he's been told by a doctor. Was so it six to nine? He could, yeah, it's like a full nine. year. He could be out four to six, and another doctor told him six to nine mm. following his recent knee surgery. So, well, when it's to the knee, man, that that's a very important yeah. part of your, especially when you're wrestling. And Seth Rollins came back in what three? So, uh, mm. we'll see what we, happens. We saw his recovery. That that shit's not easy. Yeah, that is shit. He's doing not easy. He's doing a Zack Ryder twenty four seven. Mm. Well, we'll probably be doing a 24-7 on Indigo Child later on on this episode. (laughs) Definitely was 24 hours long. It felt like it. Uh, In other news? Well, WWE... And and then a good note, my friend. Uh, You know, I I, I love it that you always allow me the opportunity to end it on a good note. I'm the serious guy. You're the fucking uh, fuck guy. WWE Hall of Famer announced this week that he is officially... Oh, that's my bad. Cancer-free. Who is it? Brett the Hitman Heart. Thank you. Hart wrote, 
I meant to delete, I meant to delete Hall of Famer, not Bret Hart. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm gonna call it out. I'll edit that later. He um, won't. And he quoted. I can say with great pride and gratitude that I, I successfully won't. beat prostate cancer. Bret Hart thanked the fans that prayed for him during his battle with cancer. The hitman commented that the doctor told him that his recovery was a miracle and his health is really good now. I agree with you. It was a miracle. A miracle. To me, shots Russell. God bless, man. Thank God. When this story first broke, I didn't know it was as serious as his doctors apparently had made it out the scene, but good for him. Hopefully the doctors don't have a heel turn for the hitman. In other yeah, news, I <laughs> see what I did. Shots! Let's do shots. Well, in that case, there's no other news. No, no more news. No. But let's open up more gifts. I have more gifts for you, my man. I gave you the shining star coquito. Is it a box box of uh, Jack Honey? Uh, I think it's Jim Beam Apple. Maybe. No, it's our interview with Indigo Child. This is what I tell old ladies. After the break, you got your thing. But for right now. Mago, yep. Are you ready? Are you ready, man? Are you ready for the third gift of the Green Man? Um, I don't know. The, I mean, the first two are pretty sweet. Surprisingly, well, the second one was tasty. Coquito, coquito, shining stars, coquito. All right, I'm ready. What you got for me? We have for you. Indigo Child, formerly known as The Range. How are you, brother? Hey, I'm good. How are you? We are doing really good. Thank you so much for participating in a shot of wrestling. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so Thank you for uh, inviting me. It is our pleasure. Truly, truly our pleasure and our honor. So sit back, relax, and let's get into a little thing we like to call 
Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. This thing sucks. I apologize. <laughs> Hopefully, it sounds better to our listeners. It doesn't. <laughs> so, just getting to know you a little bit better.、Uh, what was your first pro wrestling memory? Like going back when you were a little kid, how did you interact with the product? How did you get to, to be where you are? Oh, so you're asking me、uh, my first pro wrestling memory as, a, as far as, as a fan? As, as a, a fan,、kid. yeah. Oh, okay.、Um, well, my memory at this point,、uh, after 12 plus years of getting dropped on my head, is pretty fuzzy, but、um, <laughs> I'm going to say、uh, specific things I remember would be、uh, going to、uh, a house show at Madison Square Garden for the first time, and my dad took me by surprise. Didn't really didn't tell me where we, were, where we were headed. I think I was, I can't even remember my age, but I remember seeing like high energy that night.、Uh, Coco、oh, wow. Beware and Owen Hart. Hall of Famer Coco Beware. Yeah.、Uh, I, I got to see、uh, The Undertaker versus Ric Flair that night.、Um, I, think, I think The Ultimate Warrior was there that night too, but. It, it was really fuzzy, but that was like, I think that was the, that was the moment. That was like the night that, like, you got bit by I, the bug. I, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I made that decision. Like, I want to do that one day. Just so, like, I, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, I had only seen it on TV.、Um, but I, I mean, prior to that, I was already watching it frequently with my dad on TV. I remember uh, seeing the、uh, memories that stick out of my head are like, The rockers breaking up because I used to really, really mark out to them so heavy. And Were you a Jimmy Nettie、like、fan? I was heartbroken.、Uh, <laughs> actually, I was a Shawn Michaels fan.、Wow. I was actually really excited. You picked the right team. The,、uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really excited when that went down.、Um, at first, I was heartbroken though because I believed every second of it. You know, I was like, how did you do this? But then, <laughs> you know, once he started coming out with the station with Sherry and everything, I, I, was, I was loving it. Yeah, I was loving it. And then, he, and then I started to idolize him from there. Yeah. Sensational Sherry. Beautiful woman, by the beautiful way. So, <laughs> our next question is、uh, You've been watching wrestling for your whole life. Who are your top three female wrestlers of all time? That's a unique question.、Um, well, they might be a little random, but I have specific memories of Bull McConnell. All right. <laughs> That's the first you, time you here. We've ever, yeah, yeah. First time we've heard it here, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, even as, I don't know, even as a little kid, like, I was drawn to her because. The hair, huh? I, she was, yeah, it was the hair, the, the, the makeup, and, like, you kind of just knew she was an attractive woman under all that. The fact that she didn't even care, and, and she, you know, she was, she was more concerned with just being a, a, a showman, or, I mean, showwoman. Yeah.、Uh, you know, and, and, and just doing her job and, and just being great at what she did. And she was pretty tough, you know. Like, I, I, I remember like, seeing her like,、uh, be pretty rough with, with the other girls, and, and that always stuck out to me. Kind of like、uh, that other chick's name from, <laughs> that、uh, woman's name from, she was also an old designer, I believe, a- Asia Kong. Kong? Aja Kong?、Awesome、she was、Kong? like real big, short. No, not Awesome Kong. Aja Kong. Aja. She was like real big, short hair. And she used to back fist chicks like super hard. But like, I used to always have things for, for the girls that, the were, girls, that、huh? were a little bit rougher. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, so, Bull McConnell. I'm done. Yeah, with that. yeah. She had some wild makeup and her hair was always like, the front of her hair was like always spiked all the way up, kind of like 
Frankenstein looking like and with so you the had back the big of her altercation with the uh, laundry blaze, right? Y- yeah, oh, yeah. That's her, yeah. Yeah, they used to shoot they feuded in WWF. Good curves. She, I think she even I think she even took the strap from her at one point. The WWF yeah, that's right. women's championship, yeah. Um uh Luna Vashan also. Nice. Because um, you could just tell she quite interesting choices. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. This. Again, I had a thing for the tougher girls. You know, the ones that you couldn't tell the difference. You were watching a man or a woman in there because they were hitting girls so hard. I mean, I remember seeing. I was afraid of Luna Vachon, by the way. Afraid. Terrified. Yeah. <laughs> me too, and that's kind of what drew me to her because, like, I, I mean, I like that. It Luna? wasn't like a glance. She wasn't about to glam. She wasn't about going in there and just roughing these chicks up. And I mean, you could just tell like she was abusing chicks in there. And um, let's see, I need a third one here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with somebody a little more recent. Um, I really really have been enjoying uh, Charlotte Flair's work lately. Nice. Um, yeah, because I mean, not because she's the one getting pushed to the moon, but because I honestly really do think she deserves it. Uh, I was always uh, questioning at first uh, whether she was actually going to pull off, you know, living up to her dad's name and legacy. And um, she's to fill. She's super athletic, and um, you know, she's doing things that I, you know, I don't think you've ever seen uh, many female wrestlers do. Um, and uh, you know, oh, and her mic work is, is getting is getting really really good. Like she's she just looks like she's getting better and better. Every month that goes by, more comfortable and confident, and I, it's it's almost scary to think like what she might be like, you know, even ten years from now, you know. The legendary Charlotte Flair, nice. Yeah. Well, we, you know, you have three women there, great women. Some yeah. are some are freaks in the street and in the bed, you know. Others are ladies in the street and and freaks in the bed, but. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of, of the characters that these ladies played, um, you know, they they all had different characters. You had a few different characters yourself. Uh, bring us along sure. the evolution of where you are now with your character and how how did you become to be who you are, Indigo Child? Wow, that's a pretty long story. But uh, I'm, I'll, I'll make it short. Um, well, I guess I started off my career as deranged. Um Deranged you was, chose the name? Yeah, I did, and it was wasn't really intended to be my name for as long as it was. Uh, just like it wasn't intended for me to have such an awesome run and experience so quickly. Like I didn't expect to. I didn't even expect to become a pro wrestler. Um, I mean, like any other. 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid, like, I was in high school with friends, and to be honest, at that time, I was kind of, like, anti-wrestling, I was tired of it, I, I was upset, I was pretty depressed when Shawn Michaels, like, retired, and, uh, at that, I was Putty lost his smile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember seeing him for the last time after that Steve Austin match, WrestleMania 14, I believe, um, where he dropped the belt to... Steve Austin and um, I, I continued to love wrestling for a bit after that through, through the Attitude Era but I think once the Rock was the man uh, I kind of started to kind of just lose my interest yeah. but um, 
yeah, when Shawn Michaels retired, I was crushed because that was my idol. Like, I wanted to be him. Um, and I didn't even know why he disappeared. I just, I just like, kept watching wrestling casually and you know, suddenly realized I feel the same way. Anymore. I feel the same way. Like, I wasn't so yeah. big into, like, reading the news and the back scenes of what was going on. When I was a little exactly. kid and watching that, all, all I saw was he was there one week, he had a great match, and then he moved on. I never, yeah, I, I, I never thought of like, oh shit, he's not coming back until a few yeah, years exactly. went by. I'm like, holy shit, he's not coming back. Yes, that it was the same same thing for me, and I think I realized a little bit too late. And then and then he came back and did the DX thing, and I was cool with that. But then uh, he was gone again, and yeah. I, I didn't like that. So, oh no, actually, no, no, he wrong. came back as the commish. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, that's what I didn't like. I wasn't I wasn't all right with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, anyway, back to the actual point. <laughs> uh, so, like any other 13, 14-year-old kid, I was in high school. I didn't really like wrestling too much. But I had this group of friends in high school who they uh, apparently, after school, would always go to, like, the, whatever playground they could find to, like, play wrestle on the mats and jump off the slides and, you know, pretty much backyard wrestle. Um, yeah, we did that at college, at Queens College. Have wrestling matches <laughs> on the quad yeah so <laughs> one day they just invited me out to, 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 to wrestle for the hell of it and i said why not what the hell then from there i got addicted and we we decided we wanted to find a, a real wrestling ring and then um i i made it to a to this like church old church in brooklyn uh in, in bedside where a lot of people that you may have heard of um, also started their journey. Um, Amazing Red, Homicide, Loki, uh, Low Life Louie, um, you know, uh, Tower of Torture, Lathan. Uh, there's a lot of people that I'm probably missing. Oh, uh, the SAT, uh, Quiet Storm, Ghost Shadow. A lot of people came out of there. Um, and some of them branched off to the doghouse. Others branched off. Two other places. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I kind of like had to come up with a name, and <laughs> me being lazy uh, <laughs> and and just care just careless at the time, I was like, well, you know, I would consider myself crazy. So I looked up the word crazy in the dictionary and saw deranged, gotcha. and I was like, oh, okay, Place. cool, because yeah. I figured crazy would be too generic, right? And uh, I just went ahead with with deranged. And um, I did not think in a million years I was even going to become a pro wrestler. Um, I just real uh, it just turned out that people started teaching me stuff, and I was learning things super quick. And I also had who were your really mentors ballsy. along the way? You were saying that uh, people were teaching you stuff along the way. Who would you say were your mentors? Um. Well, initially when I first got there, I met Ghost Shadow and Black Themis, and um, you know. We were all kind of in the learning process, but Ghost yeah. Shadow kind of already had an understanding for the Lucha Libre style of wrestling. So he was already kind of getting me hip to doing the Hurricane Ramas and the head scissors and think arm drags and things like that. And then um, what ended up happening was uh, someone, I think he was a cousin or a childhood friend of the uh, SAT and R Amazing Red, uh, he was there. And he saw me doing these things, and I guess he told Red and Joel Maximo about me. Like, he called them up and was like, hey, you know, there's this kid over here. Like, he's doing shit uh, just like Red. I think you guys 
can come check him out and mm -hmm. see if maybe you guys can train him. So one day I was just there at this place called Pedro's and um, Red and Joel Maximo walked through the door and they were still on the come up too, you know. They were yeah. just getting their feet wet too. Um, but they were a little bit more advanced than me. And um, they showed up and, and they were looking for me. And I was like, well, you guys, you know, what are you guys looking for me for? And they were like, oh, well, my boy called us, told us about you. We want to talk to you, see if you're interested in training with us, you know. Um, we heard you, you got a lot of potential and we want to see how far we can take that. So from there, they ended up taking me to the doghouse um, on their spare time and teaching me the basics and polishing me up and teaching me more things, teaching mm -hmm. me how to moonsault and forcing me to do things off the top rope <laughs> without me ever having... They already had a vision sport. of where you could be. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really grateful to them for that um, uh, I would say Quiet Storm also had a big hand in, in, in polishing me up um, there but over time they started kind of like branching out to Mikey Whipwreck School in Long Island and I kind of just you know it was more convenient for me to take the train to, to the doghouse in Brooklyn whenever I wanted to which was literally every single day after school I would take like an hour and a half train ride to the doghouse um, and tr train there from 5 p.m. to like 2, 3, 8 a.m. and wow. go home again damn near two hours on the train sleep get up in the morning for high school and then just do it all over again every single day I mean at least six days a week and um, all your friends after you were while, training what was that were, did all your friends know you were training and that was you know things you were into around that time yeah yeah people at school kind of knew I was training because they used to see me on on the on the uh, on public access when I was in Pedro like I was you know dealing with some people that had a show on public access and yeah so people in school used to see me on public access and kind of like either make fun of me or say it was really cool, you know. But when I got to the doghouse, things got a little more serious. I'm, that's where I met Homicide. That's where I met Loki. You know, that's where I met Low Life Louie and a whole lot of other people. Um, Reefer, Azriel. You know, Azriel was just starting out too. Um, and things got really serious because... Uh, you know, I was going there on my own and I wasn't training with the SAC or Red anymore. And so Homicide and Loki, I guess they saw that same potential in me. And, you know, they saw, um, they saw that a lot of what I was doing was self-taught. So they, you know, I guess they figured like if they just polished me up, you know, taught me some ring psychology, mm -hmm. taught, you know, uh, polished me up on the fundamentals that could be unstoppable. And that's exactly what they did. And they used to beat the living hell out of us like i mean you know a lot of people nowadays they they try to say that they don't condone things like that at wrestling schools and they say that you know that's not the style that they like to practice teaching styles they like to practice at their schools yeah you know they, they bad mouth the doghouse for that but to be honest uh there's a reason why uh a majority of the guys that came out of the doghouse ended up moving on and doing really big things in in, in wrestling. Um, and it's because of that discipline. It's because of that that like that fear of imperfection. Like there was like this pressure on you to to, to do things flawlessly. There was no exceptions. There was no oh that was okay. That was pretty good. That was no. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. You were doing that same move that same old 
40 to 100 to 500 times wow. that night until it looked absolutely perfect. Um, and that's why a lot of guys came out of there and they came out they came out strong and dominated the Indies in the early 2000s. You know. Yeah, it just becomes so, part of you know who you are. Like uh, you know, after you do things so so often, it just becomes. Yeah, and and there was like an initiation you. process. Mm. There wasn't like. The, the, the crazy thing was a lot of us didn't even pay like to, to be trained but, and you know when you think about that like you know we were getting trained by guys like Homicide Loki and uh on and you know really great wrestlers and they they didn't bother us for money you know there was like just this pride and just and just creating monsters there you know like creating you know wrestling God, <laughs> like uh, you know, they and there was an initiation process. Uh, it wasn't about like, oh, you know, as long as you pay, pay us your money, you know, that's it. You're good. You're gonna, you're gonna, we're gonna put you on a show, or we're gonna, we're gonna take you outside of here and get you booked at Jersey All Pro or wherever mm-hmm. the affiliated companies were. You had to really earn that. You had to take those beatings like a man. You had to man up first, like. Um, and you had to prove yourself. And, you know, they had shows every Saturday. And we had to wrestle them oftentimes. <laughs> and a lot of times, if you looked at the card and you saw your name next to somebody like Homicide or Loki, you, you, shit, you shit yourself right away. Because you knew that that only meant that you were about to be, you were about to graduate. You were about to be initiated officially. And that match was not going to be easy for you. They were going to kick the crap out of you and make you earn it. Right. So I don't regret a thing about that whole experience, and it made me who I am. Um, and that's why, as deranged, I was able to just pop up on the indie scene out of nowhere. And me and Ghost Shadow debuted in the ECW arena in 2001 for Jersey All Pro. And um, I remember coming out, you know, for the first time. And you know, at that time, like it was fresh off of like ECW folding, so. ECW's fans were still showing up, oh, wow. and yeah. you know you know how tough those fans were. Like yep. you fucked up, it was over for you. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were not good, it was over for you. So well, talk you had about to the correct. discipline that you had about being perfection. Like put that in front of those fans, you had to be perfect. Exactly, and and you know I was really nervous, even more so because before I went out there, Balls Mahoney was in the locker room and. She reminded me that I was about to wrestle for the first time in front of the toughest crowd in all of wrestling, uh, in a in a in a in a famous wrestling venue. Yeah. And he was, and he was just messing around though, like not being serious. He just wanted like someone had told him that I was anxious and nauseous, and he was just trying to fuck with me. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I remember going out there and like people were heckling me right away, like making fun of how skinny I was. I was only 130 pounds. And I mean, I'm not the biggest dude now. I was even less, uh, I even I had even less size back then. Yeah. Um, no muscle tone whatsoever. 130 pounds wearing street clothes. These people didn't know me at all. And they were making fun of me. And by the time we finished that match, we, you know, we finished that match to a standing ovation. And awesome. I was really proud of that because I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to even come that far in a million years. Like, I really initially went to that old church with the wrestling ring just to goof off with my high school friends. 
I didn't expect at all to end up there, you know. Right. So, uh, but that training at the doghouse changed me forever, um, and it prepared me for that that tough indie wrestling environment. And that's why we were able to go out there and put on like these flawless matches. And then, where did the evolution of Indigo Child get into the mix? Well, so Indigo Child, um, I like to just tell people to kind of like research on what the meaning, true meaning of Indigo Child is. I'm not going to get into that right now, mm-hmm. but uh, um, initially, what happened was I, as deranged. Um, I suffered, uh, I won't say career ending because I'm still here, but yeah. I suffered a really severe neck injury. I fractured three vertebrae, um, and I was lucky that I didn't fully break either one because I would have been paralyzed or dead. Um, and it was at an indie show, and it was like in my prime. Like I was just coming off of a very long ROH run. Like I was with Ring of Honor from... This literally their second show ever in 2002, all the way up until my last match with them against Shaq Evans in 2007. So I had just come off a pretty long run with them, and I did an indie show, and I, you know, you know, things go wrong sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, suffered that neck injury, and um, so a lot of people we, um, that are in the business obviously know something like this could happen a career ending injury or something could happen you know you know how do how do you yeah. feel when when it does like you know you were saying you're at the peak of your career you're ready to be moving on you're getting so many people invested in you you're getting the respect of the fans getting into arenas and and winning people over like what what is that feeling for you when something like this it happens? was it was devastating it was it was devastating it, it was de- very life altering it was life changing. Um, it changed the way I viewed life. I, I mean, mind you, I was only 24 years old when this happened, wow. and I could have yeah. died. I could have yeah. lost my ability to walk and uh, or ever even communicate the same with people ever again. Um, and I was only 24, and just like that, like I mean, when I got to the show that day. It was business as usual. It was goofing off as usual. It was taking life for granted as usual. And by the end of that, by the end of that night, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so, just the fact that things could change in a flash, just like that, was very eye-opening. And what made things a little bit worse was that um, I was very young. I didn't really know how to process things like that. Um, I, all I knew was pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really put much thought or emphasis into real life, you know, preparing for the future. I was so caught up in this dream, you know. I didn't put time into anything else. I had barely even put time into my own family. Right. And um, uh, so it was it was devastating. And then what made it worse was that uh, I, I think about two weeks after that, I was laying at home with a neck, neck brace on unable to, to really move really um moving my turning my head in any direction even one centimeter felt like there was a sword going through my neck um and it was very hard to do anything and uh two weeks after that my dad suffered a stroke at home and uh 
I was the only person home. And because I was home with a broken neck, um, he lived because he had no intention of calling an ambulance. He didn't know what was going on with him. He just figured he would just lay down and it would go away eventually. So yeah. I found out that he was calling my name for a good 45 minutes before I had woken up uh-huh. and heard him calling my name. Wow! I literally only heard, heard my name called twice and he said he had been calling my name for 45 minutes. Um, so it's crazy when you because, go through moments like that. You never know until you go all the way through it. You know, there's a reason yeah. things happen. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's so crazy. Like, I, I was super depressed and crushed. You know, I thought my dream was gone. And then this, I was even more crushed because I had never had anything like this happen in my family. And um, I didn't know how to process that either. So I was really depressed. But over time, uh, I started to grow from all of this, all of these experiences, and I started to realize that everything does happen for a reason. Um, you know, maybe I I did need a break. I did need that break from wrestling to do some soul searching and focus on my family and my real life. And because I was home with a broken neck, my father is is alive. You yeah. know, um, and uh, so I. Even those bad, bad incidents, I, I, I appreciate them. And I'm, and I'm super grateful that they happened because it taught me a lot. And because of experiences like that, I changed as a, as a human being. Um, and, um, you know, I went on to, to, to do other things. I got into the mu- music game for a while and uh, I grew even more because of that. And then, uh, I don't know, finally I caught the bug for wrestling again, uh, seven I guess it was seven or eight years later. Yeah. Yeah, seven, seven years later. And, um, you know, Indigo Child was just something I was very studied on, that term. And I felt like it was very fitting for where I, where I felt I was, the place I, I was at spiritually, mentally, and all and all of that. I just thought it was fitting. And, and I wanted to come into wrestling, you know, with a whole different mind state. Something, Indigo Child is basically an embodiment of who I am now. As a person, my whole my whole life journey in, in general. Well, we talked about <laughs> Sorry, I got no. I like <laughs> no. It's good to know it. This this is getting yeah. to know you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll sure is. And there is a lot more to get to know of Indigo Child, and we're going to get to know more of him about his future next week and part two of getting to know you because. This is the gift that keeps on giving, man. Great. Can't, can't wait. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown here and here.
Mad respect for my boy Zack Ryder. Mad Yo, respect. Get well soon. Get well soon. Or woo woo woo. You know it. Alright, get the fucking raw over with. Alright. We are here. I'm Raw Smackdown Cheers and Heels. Yeah, we clearly have established that. So that, that is amazing. Again, Larry Legend introducing us in every segment. It is great. Thank you, my dude. Thank you. And we're going to start with the A show right now. Um, and apparently, Charlotte listens to a shot of wrestling. And can she listens to the ratings that come up. To episode 44, where if you follow us on Instagram, uh, she mentioned pretty much what we talked about on episode 44 and how Charlotte is the number one of the four horsewomen and so Bailey is number too. four. Oh, Charlotte's so hot. Bye bye, Bailey. Uh, bye bye. So I had to cheer that because I, I kind of got a cheap pop out of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm a heel. Jericho. I know it's not going to be very popular. It won't. There's, there's going to be things that I'm going to cheer about Jericho, but I got to heal the fact. That he is not wearing the gift from Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens gave him a holiday scarf. Yeah, I missed that. At, at Roadblock. If they're friends like again. On the show or the pre-show? On the... No, on the show. I missed that. No, yeah. He was he was hunting him down. He said, I got a gift for you. And he uh, didn't wear it. I would think if your best friend just nice gave scarf? you a scarf. It's a nice holiday scarf. It's a present. Or the fucking from your best you friend. What's the gloves I gave you last year? Exactly. <laughs> but um, he should have worn it. So I'm going to heal that. I gotta cheers Kevin Owens. Doesn't happen often. No, that's my boy. Uh, Kevin Owens is standing in the ring. The cage is in the ring. McFoley and Chris Jericho were in the ring. Chris Jericho and McFoley were going at it. All of a sudden, you hear Chris, uh, Kevin Owens pop in. Uh, uh, don't, don't, don't do it, Chris. Oh yeah, I love that. Uh, it's get, good. Get, get out, Chris. Chris, get, Chris, get out. I, As Foley was locking him <laughs> in the cage, I'm like he was saying what we were thinking. I well done. I've said this before, like. One of the greatest things about Kevin Owens is that he walks through that curtain and is engulfed in the character of Kevin Owens. Like, it's real to him, damn it. You know, like, and he's in that moment and he's living in and he's like, hell yeah. He's like, uh, uh, Jericho, uh, I know where this is going. We all know where this is going. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Love it. Good point. I'm also going to cheers uh, Big E's shot at Charlotte. <laughs> burn. Big E's uh, pretty clever. I like the, it. The burn notice. Hashtag burn notice. you should say. Yeah. Hashtag burn notice. What, what did he say again for those who didn't watch Raw? Oh, my God. What did he say? Um, Charlotte. Oh, I don't remember. No, he was saying how. Um, oh, Ric Flair was a 16-time champion. And, and he, he said, had to lose 15 times to be uh, champion. Yeah. That was Charlotte in four months. There uh, you go. Four weeks. <laughs> Genius. Once again, saying somebody saying something everyone else is thinking. Yeah. All the marks went crazy yeah. when he said that. Had to be. Had to be. And oh snap! <laughs> well, while we're on the Cheers bandwagon, I'm going to cheers the fact that Santa Claus made the list of Jericho. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Now Santa Claus is a man who himself has a list. He checks it twice. Yeah. He finds out who's naughty and nice. Yep. And on this holiday episode of A Shot of Wrestling, for Santa Claus to be on the list of Jericho, that is a cheer. Okay. Could, could be a cheer of the week, but I don't want to go that far. Okay. I got a heel. Uh, you were talking about it just a moment ago. This shark tank, right? This. Oh, the shark cage. Yeah. This, the, exactly. What did you say? What did you call it? 
Shark Cage. Cage. Yeah. Not a Shark Tank. That's a TV show. Okay. Uh, yes. And I didn't... Uh, when I started descending and, and Mick Foley was talking about this Shark Tank, I was like... Cage. That, that's not a Shark Tank. It's a Shark... Did he said Shark Tank. He said Shark Tank. They were, they were mentioning it, the, sh- the Shark Tank, and then I'm like, if anything, that's like a a human tank because the human goes in. Like the shark doesn't go in the cage; it's a human cage. Yeah. It protects you from the sharks. Yes. So I hate to heal that. Okay. Along with, since we're talking about McFoley, I'm I'm heal the fact that he also called the the. The people in that arena, the Pittsburgh crowd, which clearly yeah, they were in Columbus, Ohio. Clearly. All right. Awkward. Hey, I got a question for you. Go. What do Gravity and Michael J. Putty have in common? What? Uh, we both forgot about Neville. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he had a heel turn that no one cares about. I do not care about. Happy to see him back because... Are you kidding me? I thought it was awesome. Uh, he said... And uh, talking about his heel turn. Yeah. Wow, I'm getting drunk right now. (laughs) And I quote, or paraphrase, if your favorite is on 205 Live, no problem, Chief. Not not a problem for me here. (laughs) Do what you got to do on 205 Live. I will not care. (laughs) Um, I thought it was a great heel turn. I totally did not expect him. And I thought it was exactly what Neville needed for him. Let me pause the show right now. That, that joke? The, the, the rewind, right? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> that, was, that was on point. Great delivery. Thank you. But uh, no, yeah, Neville came down, beat up Cedric. Uh, no, uh, Rich Swan. Sorry. Beat up Rich Swan and had a great time doing it. Showed a lot of aggression at Roadblock. And then um, he aligned himself with the Brian Kendrick. Now, now. The cruiserweight division is going somewhere, yeah. and two hundred five It leads me to my cheer on the cruiserweights while we're talking about them. Well played, Austin Aries. I like how they're 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 bringing him into commentating during the cruiserweight matches, um, and this is something that you have in two hundred five live. So it, it, it's like back when we were talking about how the transition between the tournament and Raw needed to happen, and they should have Mara Nala or Daniel Bryan commentate on it. This is what they're doing with 205 Live. They have Austin Aries as that uh, transition between both shows. And he's in commentating. Can't wait till he debuts in the Cruiserweight division. That'll be big. Yeah, okay, cool. You're not a big Austin Aries fan? Uh, What's the face? I'm not making a face. Oh, okay. I'm a heel. The uh, comedy writers. Uh, And since it's a holiday show, might as well invite... Our dear friend, the voice in his thoughts in here, because mm-hmm. he always saying that the WWE needs new writers. They need yeah, comedy, comedy writers. writers they, yeah. they need comedy writers to write stuff. stuff to, like yeah, they need to write great stuff for them. But, but I'm going to heal the comedy writers that they do have, because sensitivity training? Really? What? I cheered Are you that. kidding me? That's one of my cheers. And, and the punchline about Enzo, when he was asked to take the seat, and he's like, where you want me to take it? What do you want me to think it? That was funny. That was, a, that was whack I cheered it shit, man. Because it was lame. It was stupid. It was much better than the fucking Team Hell No train they went to. Oh, yeah. Anger management. Anger no, management. Like, it was stupid. It was... I didn't have to think about anything. You had the fucking finally bo- uh, Bobby Backlund. 
and Darren Young. That that was the other heel. Like what? Uh, uh, what are they doing there? What um, did they do? It was what did they do? What did Jinder Mahal do that he needs to be in sensitivity um, training? He's been six months alcohol free. Good job, buddy. <laughs> um, what yeah, did I, Bo I, Dallas I, need to? What did he do? First of all, yeah, that's that's something because that completely ruins his character that they fucking wasted months promoting. But I don't think it was a throwback to some bullshit, stupid, random comedy act. It was. That's right. That's a little break from this shitty show that was called Raw. <laughs> Bullshit. I also give me reasons. I also got to cheer. What? I got to cheer. Sh- <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to cheer. Shame. Seamus. Oh. Ouch. As y'all know, if you don't, Seamus is an asshole. We have personal beef from. You do. You, you guys. Uh, we've mentioned it on the I show s- before, I but there might be new people listening. I stepped to him. Yeah. I'm not repeat the story. You gotta go back and listen. Yeah. Five years ago, I should get over it, but I don't. No. He's a big guy to this episode. It was uh, Puerto Ricans asked him for the condo timeshare. In Puerto yeah, Rico. yeah, the Shining Stars. As a tall, muscular, extremely white guy myself, stop laughing. <laughs> I said, stop laughing. <clears throat> he said, and I quote, "Does this chuckle. come with free sc- sunscreen?" <laughs> I got chuckle because I feel his fucking pain. He <laughs> fucking drowned in fucking shower in sunscreen. And I was given a timeshare in Puerto Rico. I would ask the same question. So. Putting our beef aside, cheers that question. I we, we had totally a little uh, getting to know you segment with Indigo Child earlier. Part two will be coming out next week. Maybe we should do a little getting to know. We're fine. We're going long. Getting to know Michael J. Putty. Maybe next year. Because uh, the re- wait, wait a second. Because the reason I feel Michael J. Putty is very close and sensitive to this topic about sunscreen is because at WrestleMania 24, <laughs> yeah. when I was teaching, now now I'm an Ecuadorian man. I. I Tanning for me is easy. It's the easiest thing I could do. I'm just tan, you know? I'm like, Michael J., I have the perfect formula for you to get a perfect tan. I've perfected it for many years. Trust me, I'm Ecuadorian. Um, And I told him. Lotion and oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lotion, some block, like block. And tanning oil. Which did not work. Integrate. Did not work. Like, uh, go back and forth every 30 minutes between them. The whitest snow. And you did it. And you had a beautiful tan. Your I face did not was have gl- a beautiful no. You were you glowing. Are you were lying to these audience. You were glowing. Right now. I'm about to turn your microphone off. No, 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 wait a second. No, You could pick up any girl you want. You, you were, you're a beautiful man. I was still white as snow. You're a beautiful man. Did not change. I got red. You you looked like um, Cedric Alexander. <laughs> if he was red, yeah. <laughs> I was like a red Power Ranger. Um, but the only thing you missed out on... Face. Is you didn't put the lotion, the basket, and, and oil on your feet. Nope, but this is a way too long story. So your feet got burned, third degree burn. No, second, severe second degree burn. Yeah. So I can see why you're and very. This guy's laughed at me when I was in <laughs> severe pain. But who walked? I walked. Find your lost ass. But no one else did. You know who else needs sunblock? No one dar, and I'm a cheer. No one oh, dar. Jesus, can we skip this? Could I tell you why? Hey guys, fast forward. Because I love the way he says Alicia Fox. <laughs> oh, he's great. Alicia yeah. Fox. That's his accent, <laughs> asshole. You're making fun of a man's accent. No, he, he's doing it on purpose. Can we cheer smack, cheer can we to him. Smackdown now? Uh, you know what? Let's go to the B show. What do you got for me, brother? I don't know if I should start or end with my cheers for the show. I don't know. Maybe we should ask Alicia Fox. Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. I got cheers. Uh, that creepy, cool new music to the John Cena return video. 
They took his theme what song. Was that? They, took his, they took his theme song and how they kind of fucking broke it down to like instrumental, instrumental elevator music. And uh, it was John Cena Return Video. Like I saw this last week. I'm not gonna watch it again. Then I heard the music came in. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? And I watched it. It caught me. I felt bored. I'm a dick. Back down, back down, back down. Um, God, cheers, my man. Mm. Excuse me. <clears throat> Take two. <laughs> Gonna cheers, Dolph Ziggler. He's not your man. Coming out and rocking my man, Zach Ryder's t-shirt. Oh, that's true. That was a cheer for me too. He's not there. That's dope. Still rocking. They're out close friends. Him, I yeah, love it. Very close friends. I love it. I'm uh. Well, while we're on the cheers train, I'll, I'll join in. Pick me up, buddy, and drop me off at the heel station next. Next stop. Okay. Uh, but pick me up. The squash match between AJ Styles and Ellsworth went exactly how it needed oh, yeah. to go. Don't. Exactly how it needed to go. So exactly. I'm cheers that. As it needed to go. To go. All right. This dude, AJ Styles. Can I for you, huh? All right. This dude, AJ Styles, has been played. Just AJ. But, huh? AJ. AJ's nice. Yeah, it's catchy, nice. right? I like AJ Styles. I like my girl, AJ Lee. That's right. It's That's pretty true. cool. It's badass. But, um... for a <laughs> But, Elsewhere has been, like, at the heel of AJ Styles in every storyline possible. What? At the heel turn, turn yeah. <laughs> of AJ Styles. At every storyline possible. And this needed to be a statement that was made because AJ Styles is way above him. And... He put that exclamation point on SmackDown. So cheers to him. I'm a heel. Apollo Crews. Because he's going nowhere fast, man. Fast. Fast. Nominee. I, I'm not surprised. Next week, we got, we got nomination. We got the awards good, for you know our, our yearly wrap-up of, of the year in WWE. And uh, I, I think he's a great nominee for the worst rookie of the year. The yeah. worst. He had the I worst rookie year. He's the category, huh? Yep. Okay. I mean, he was good in the ring. He's grabbed the attention uh, of me while he was in the ring, but he needs to grab attention of his character. Like, who is Apollo Creed? Cruz. I'm sorry. Exactly. There you go. And that's the problem. How much more you got? I got three more. I just want to run the train. You want? Well, you dropped me off on the on the heel station, so I got one more heel. Okay. The Wild Card Finals show being promoted for next week's episode of SmackDown, which is the last episode of the year. Uh, what's this deal with the Wild Card? I mean, I understand it with the Tag Team Championships, but now every match that's been promoted is promoted the Wild Card. Yeah, I don't. I get I'm that. confused. Um, me too. You know. Uh, I um. Uh, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, I'm gonna hop back on the train. Okay. Let's go to Cheersville oh, for two more cheers for so, me, so and then I'll let you run the gambit. Uh, Becky Lynch debuts as the Luchadora and pins the champion because what a great freaking performance by Becky Lynch. La Lynchadora. Uh, as the Lynchadora. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Ugly like she, Ugly she totally ass. changed the way she wrestled her in-ring style in the ring. You can't get a blue fucking mask. I thought it was pretty cool. You can't get a blue mask. Purple, That made me believe. Did you know it was her? And 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 Becky Lynch. You know it was her? Nah, I had the wool over my eyes. Did you? I didn't have the luxury of guessing because I found out. I watched it after the fact, and I was spoiled through it. So, I'm like, but if I 
watch it live, I don't think I would just Nice. Um, I Finally. do have another cheer, but I feel like this is probably going to be your cheer of the week. Okay, never mind. Does it involve the Miz? I chilled that. You chilled it? So go for it. Yeah? The Miz drops a pipe bomb when he asks Renee Young what her obsession was with Dean Ambrose because she's the one that's sleeping with him, followed by a smack by Renee Young. That was great. It wasn't a great smack. It no, it wasn't a Stephanie McMahon yeah. slap. <laughs> I shield that because like JBL said, I love JBL's reaction. He's priceless, awesome. It was a little awkward, a little uncomfortable. It was. It, it, and like, what is Renee Young getting involved in storylines now? Like, what, what what's, what's this going to? Is she going to be by Dean Ambrose's side when he comes in? And she had to start talking smack, apologizing. It was weird. Well, Re- Renee has. I liked, I liked it. It was like, well, well, Renee has definitely verbalized that she's open, you know, to whatever opportunities are available to her. You know, she was doing backstage segments. She's got her own show, Talking Smack. Um, she's in Total Divas. Yeah, she's got unfiltered. She's got Total Divas. So she is made a very vocally that she is open to any opportunity that comes her way. Any and if the next opportunity for her is to be a valet to Dean Ambrose or get involved in the storyline, I'm all for it. For that. I'll cheer that. No need to chill. I cheer it. I mean, it's the first time I chilled the Miz, too. Wow. What you got? Run it. Uh, now I don't feel like mine live up to that fucking shield off. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> I cheered it last week. I got to heal it this week. The anti-climatic ending to who attacked Nikki Bella ending, the angle. I, I liked our storyline better. Yeah, much better. Much it was better. Like, oh, I told you that in confidence. Wait, you did it? Bitch. What? That was way too... You could have dragged it out a little bit longer. I was, wait, I was waiting for an honesty security video. Ooh. Nikki nice. Natalia lying about nice. it. Nice. And Bella, uh, Carmella comes out saying, I got the video here. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been more than... I told you that in confidence. Come on, if Vicky Carrero could get security video, security video of John what? Cena and yeah. AJ Lee, yeah. then I think Carmella could get some security video too. Video? Why can't I say video? I have no clue. I'm gonna cheers. Um, I've noticed a year or two ago at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. everybody has their own logo. Yeah, they Every- put it on the side of their belts. Yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed. Week one, Alexa Bliss had the default WWE logo plates. Okay, yeah. I'm like, all right. Same thing with Seth Rollins. They're not in yet. Then I realized, I don't think she has a logo. Well, this week, they came out with a shirt. My girl got her own logo. I'm hoping next week. She gets she, new plates? She gets new fucking side plates. Nice. Thought she gets her own logo, which means she's fucking made it. Good job, baby. Now she's doing great. The Miz of the fucking women's division. <laughs> I still stand by that statement. It's a, it's a yeah. valid statement to make. A shirt I hope Santa brings to me. That's a fucking badass shirt. Hint, hint. Well, Raw had an increase That's in the did. ratings this past week, coming in at 2.95 million viewers. From the December 12th show that garnered 2.758 million viewers. However, wait for it. Side note, Raw only saw the first hour of its show hit the 3.0 mark. We have good news for the blue brand because this week 
WWE Smackdown Live drew 2.63 million viewers, which was up from last week's show of 2.36 million. Raw viewership was up slightly this week, but nowhere near the percentage increase that mm-hmm. SmackDown saw. So this week, the Green Man has to give it to SmackDown Live. Within striking distance of becoming the ratings champion. But, uh, However, also got to be a realist here. All shows are on holiday break. They were not against any competition. It was all reruns. That's very non-biased of you. I love that. Um, so we'll see what I know happens. you're a big SmackDown mark. In January. When I they love dip, that year. They probably dip again in January. Bring perspective to it. So I as a SmackDown that. guy, I will enjoy it for the next two, three weeks. And uh, we'll see what we get. That's all I got. You? That's it, my friend. Any uh, go-home thoughts? Oh, no break. I need a refill. Oh, I guess not. Okay. <laughs> hey, I had you a, mentioned I, earlier, do you need a refill? I had a several go-home thoughts, and all of a sudden, I just lost them, so I don't really think I have any, except that show you want to talk about that we went to this weekend. Oh, we did. Yeah, we just uh, went to H-O-G. Hog. Hog. Over at Amazuras in Jamaica, New York, this past weekend. House of Glory. It was an amazing show. This is the first show, uh, House of Glory show I've ever been at. The production value was amazing. The crowd was sick. All y'all people involved yeah, in that yeah, wasn't feeling good was either. great. Oh, oh, that's it. We saw um, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy get into the ring with the Dudley Boys, which, which was uh, Devon Dudley's uh-huh. last match. Wrestling because he's going to be going back and doing some production for the WWE, some backstage things. What? 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 Yeah, he broke the news. Broke uh, the news. At, I didn't uh, read that anywhere online either. I'm like, what? I did not hear this. Maybe you're hearing it first here. Breaking news. But yeah, it was a great show. Leo Rush did a great performance. His frog, frog splash onto Broadway was sick. Not to the night. That was great. Uh, absolutely. The, without a doubt, that match sold the show. Um, the Le- sto- Leo, right? Leo Rush. Leo Rush was announced as one of the top prospects of 2016. Uh, your best friend Vacant came over to me and said, "Who? I never heard of him. This guy probably fucking sucks." I'm like, yeah, I never heard of him either. And then halfway through the match, like, maybe they're right. This is a man yeah, that, right. as soon as he steps into a square circle, he earns your respect. Make sure to get fan. him on the show. Yeah, as our Leo, you listening? Good friend of Larry Legend. Make the connection, bro. Bring him on. We love to have him. I mean, he's a good friend of Larry Legend, right? Yeah. You're a good friend of Larry Legend. It's like we're yeah. all together. Yeah. Um, Larry Legend was also there. Also stirring up, stirring the pot with EYFBO when they became the HOG Tag Team Champions by defeating Matt and Jeff and Devon and Bubba in there was four teams in that match too. Yeah, that, that, that other remember. team with the pyro and the glitter and the <laughs> pop, pop, pop thing. The little bottles that you pop and the head comes down. The Cisco team, right? The blonde hair. Yeah. Oh, the Beckham Juniors. <laughs> but they had a great match too. It was awesome. Uh, so, House of Glory, you put on a great show. I think the next Indie show we're going to be going will uh, be guests of Larry Legend back at the Elks Lodge on January 13. Uh, looking forward to it. Green Man will be in the house. Will Jack Osborne be there? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Anything else with your lovely John Cena, you can't see me, ugly sweater? You uh, got t- there? Tis the season, my friend. I mean, I came in the spirit. You didn't? 
Uh, what are you I'm giving gifts left and right. The gifts of the green man. I still need a refill. Drink so. it. Well, drink it in, man. <laughs> and I go to the bathroom, but since you didn't take a break. <laughs> well, if you're playing along with this week's drinking game, we said heel turn six times. Yeah. Yeah, not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Not that bad this week. Michael J is uh, really sweating it out. He really needs to go to the bathroom, so let's wrap it up. And his fucking sweatshirt off. I'm with dying. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just sweating my balls off. I know. Be part of the to be part of the conversation. Follow us at a shot of wrestling. I'm fucking a YouTube video cast because I'm fucking where am I wearing this? I don't know. I lied to you. Follow us at a shot of wrestling on Facebook and Instagram, and shot of wrestling no a on Twitter for all your news updates. This show is from the fans and to the fans, and this is your forum to discuss your thoughts, have fun with it, and who knows, your thoughts could be part of next week's show. For more information, to be a sponsor. Or to join us at Omega Studios, email us at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com. Flight and travel not included. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it. Merry the Christmas. holidays are upon yeah, us. Merry it Christmas. is Christmas Day. If or happy you... holidays, whoever. <laughs> happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, wherever else there is. Or... We'll see you next week for our New Year special where we'll be giving out awards. If you have, and... a, if you have a category, let us know. And also, we'll be listening to part two of the indigo child interview i mean this guy is going in deep into the future of what is in store for him in 2017 what does it say about larry legend who knows oh does his name come up Boy, who larry. knows oh shit wow uh dream opponents we'll talk about we'll talk about the future great show new year show coming out next week until then for the green man indigo child carlos danger i'm michael j putty Party up. <laughs> hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.